Hello and welcome to another episode of Space Time Talco. I am Chris with Nate. It's been one week since I looked at you. I don't remember the words of that song, actually. That's not even the words. It's been a couple <laughs> weeks. We don't really talk outside of this podcast, which is disappointing. I mean, with social distancing and COVID and stuff, and me living on one side of the beltway and you living on the other. Yep. It's not like we have a huge amount of opportunities to meet up. Plus, when I do go out, I usually go out with Dave and Reed because they want to go out for dinner and stuff like that. Yeah. And with you and your wife, that's a little bit different. Like, I don't want to impose on your family time. I mean, we've had you over for dinner. It really does suck because at this point, I think you are the only person in my friends group that has not been vaccinated. Yeah. I'm working on it, though. Yeah. Luckily... The state of Maryland has fully opened it up to everybody. The only downside to that is that means everybody's trying to get their fucking vaccination. Well, you know, everyone that is going to get their vaccination. Yes. We're not going to go into that topic. Uh, <laughs> uh, so how have you been, Nate? I've been. Uh, okay. I have existed. <laughs> up until now. You no longer exist now? No, I still exist. Okay. Unfortunately. But. Okay, like, sera, sera. Sounds like you've had a couple of. You've, you've had a week or more. Had a week. Well, this week work was particularly terrible. Yeah. Um, mostly because I ran around cleaning up other people's messes for most of the week. You don't so, have none. None of your coworkers know about this podcast, right? <laughs> they know that I have a podcast. They never listen to it. Okay, just making um, sure. I don't want you to be in like bad mouthing your coworkers and they'd be like, "Motherfucker!" Yeah, what I'm mess? pretty sure is I'm pretty sure as much as I talk about them, they talk about me as well. Okay, like I have an issue with being chronically late to work, so oh. I know that they bitch at me about that all the time. Wait, aren't you? Um, don't you work? Oh no, you don't work from home. No, I have the I have the ability to work from home, but they would prefer it for people to be in the office as much as possible. Eh. And so I do show up. It's just like eight thirty is when I'm supposed to be there, and I'm generally there like at eight thirty or eight thirty five. See, to me, um, if you're if a company's right now in the time that we are in, if a company's like, we want you in the office as much as possible. All right, make sure we get the vaccine. Set it up so we can all get the vaccine. Yeah. If you want people in the office, if you want multiple people in the office, set that shit up. Um, well, I had said near the beginning of the pandemic that COVID really should have opened people's eyes to the fact that the off that the idea of having an office is completely obsolete in the age of the internet. Yeah. Like, there is no need to have an office space anymore other than you want to be able to micromanage your workers. Well, not all, so there are cases like that. The one thing I'll say as somebody that has been consuming a lot of internet content um, since last year, more than my normal share, uh, companies like Rooster Teeth, or not Rooster, Rooster Teeth, more Achievement Hunter, but Achievement Hunter and, and kind of funny, um, while they have been still thriving with what they've been able to do, there's a lot that they haven't been able to do uh, mm -hmm. because of everyone having different kinds of internet connection, everybody not having that stable connection. Well, 
that's true but they're also a media production company yeah like that's what they do they need a studio in yeah. order to make studio quality work oh yeah when i'm thinking about office work i'm thinking about you're the thinking clerical like, kind of shit that normal, i do. yeah like if you're just doing clerical work or you're doing customer support which is what i do like all day every day there is no need for me to have an office space mm-hmm. like i just don't need it. the only thing that i cannot do here that i can do at my office is test our products for customers that's it and I could technically do that at home if I had the space for it. So, just like, there space. was just there's just no need for for to have an office. Break down do I enjoy wall. going to our office? Yes, we have a kitchen. We have a we have a Snacks. fucking deli downstairs, which makes amazing food. Oh, We've got a gym in my building that I go to every day now that I have a membership. Like, place is fucking amazing, but it's also just unnecessary. <laughs> yeah, it happens. Um, yeah, I, uh, I don't know, work's been shit, but I also have reached a point, years ago, I'll say years ago, I had a coworker that, he, his role was always, he left his personal shit at home, and he left his work shit at work, um, and it's a tough thing to do, a lot of times, especially when work can be really fucking stressful or annoying or whatever, however mm-hmm. you're feeling, uh, and I, for the most part, besides the normal, like, actual physical exhaustion part of it, I, I'm i really good at leaving. I, I'm, I think I'm really good at keeping that part of my life separate, or these parts of my lives separate. Um, yeah. So, I don't know. Even on a bad week, bad day, bad month, uh, I've been okay. I can deal with it. So, you know. Yeah. No, I'm... I'm usually the same way. I'm. I don't really talk about work when I get home. Yeah. Um, I try to leave that day behind me. And most of the time, when I get home, it's either I'm cleaning something up or I'm just immediately sitting down and loading up a game and playing it. <laughs> like I will literally fun. come come through my bedroom door, drop my shit on the floor, sit down at my sit down in my computer chair, and I'm either facing my TV to play Xbox or I'm facing my computer to play something on there. And I will do that for like three or four hours in the street and do almost nothing else until I get like, until I'm like starving and I need something to eat. <laughs> Are you trying to spell Yasuke? Sorry, I was like doing it while looking at another <laughs> thing and I was hitting other buttons. Um, yeah, I forgot that I had watched that for a second there. I'm disappointed in myself. I haven't watched Yasuke yet. You haven't watched it. I did see what is probably the most racist scene in an anime ever though someone had shown this to me in screenshots where they're like so okay to be <laughs> about that scene a lot of people and i've been seeing people on both sides come out about that because a lot of people mm-hmm. saying it's very really racist and another side being like oh no because to these people this is oh, yes. they have it's, never seen this kind of it thing. makes sense in historical context yeah like that's that's what I think people are missing. Like, yeah. If when this was you... just what a bunch of white people being like, why is this guy dirty? It's yes. different. <laughs> well, this, uh, it brings me back to discussions people had had about Pulp Fiction when Quentin Tarantino says the N word over and over and over again in that movie, right? Mm-hmm. And people are like, oh, well, he just wanted an excuse to say it and so on and so forth. And it's like, well, the movie was set like in the 70s. So you have to realize, like, officially like as a law racism had just ended in the u.s 
<laughs> like so him saying that is not that far off given the historical context of the film and the same thing in movies about like slaves and the civil war and stuff like white people will say that because that's part of that's just what they did yeah but i will time. say in the in the case of um in the case of tarantino he very much likes to make white people including himself say the n-word as much as he possibly can in movies the the well, least the least amount of that word's use in any of his movies i think is um hmm. the hollywood once upon a time in hollywood but that's because they were making fun of um hispanic people the entire time yeah i don't know i mean he's quentin tarantino like rides right on the line between legitimate director and shock jock so it's it's always a toss-up with him for yeah. for a lot of people yeah i overall am not the biggest fan um at all <laughs> i enjoy some of his movies like in some of them people are like why do you like that one um mm -hmm. whatever whatever well, there are worse directors you could like <laughs> Like who? Now I'm joking. Fucking Uwe Boll. What? I thought you loved him. <laughs> I think we know somebody that watch. I think watches tries to watch all of his movies because of how horrible they are. Yeah. Uh, Ian, a friend, Ian, aka X Boss. Was he ever your boss at GameStop? No. Okay. That was GameStop after he left. Okay. I don't. He. I think he was my boss. He was my boss at one point. Um. Speaking of GameStop, I'm going to go to games. That's right, I'm going to games. One thing, I'm going to be annoyed about GameStop. GameStop, open early for fucking video game releases. Don't make me wait until fucking noon so I can pick <laughs> up a game on my only day off. Hmm. I'm not going to buy a digital copy of Pokemon Snap, even though the game's amazing. I... What do you... Oh, um... Yeah, I'm not. I, I'm not going to buy a digital copy of a game that I'm. I could probably beat in like three sittings, just because of how I play games sometimes. Um, mm. And this, I doubt that this is a game that would get DLC, especially because Dis Disney, Nintendo in general is really weird about DLC to begin with. Um, but like, I the store hours now because of COVID restrictions, not even restrictions, just because the, it, it's their way of not having to bring as many many people in or whatever i think that my store only has two fucking employees um yeah their current hours start at noon they're like noon to nine yeah. and they uh yeah first of all one of the people that work there i'm okay if they hear this the fucking store manager there is a fucking prick uh <laughs> i have never never disliked a GameStop employee this much in my life um Luckily, the last couple of times I've been in there, I've dealt with the nicer of the employees. Uh, but yeah, I'm like, come on. I know you're not doing midnight releases. I get it. I guess. And rarely did they ever do midnight releases for Nintendo games anyway nowadays. Um, in recent years. Uh, but just let me let me go in early. Just be like, hey, we're open up at 9. We're open up at 8. Whatever. Come in. Get your Pokemon. I got there and there were like 12 people waiting to get their Pokemon copy. I'm like, see, you're making a worse line because everybody's now waiting to the exact same time. <laughs> yeah. That being said, new Pokemon Snap is fucking fantastic. Um, <laughs> it is... Pokemon Snap, that man, isn't it? <laughs> it is everything 
that you loved about the original Pokemon, um, or Pokemon Snap, but like improved. Uh, mm -hmm. There's already more tracks, more more levels. There's two different. There's a day and a night cycle for every level. Um, mm -hmm. As you take pictures, you actually level up your experience with the world, with the the levels, the individual map levels or whatever. Um, mm -hmm. So things differ. Like you go through day level one, and they're like, okay, cool. You see some Bidoofs building a dam. You get to level three, and the Bidoofs have finished the dam, which is now a separate track that you can go down. Hmm. Um, it's really interesting the way that they do that, and then like you can kind of build. I don't want to say the kind of storylines. You know how uh, I think in the original one, like mm. you could interact with Pokemon and cause them to stop going one direction, and that would change something later in the game. Like uh, I remember, you could knock knock Meowth out in like the first level, and because of you knocking Meowth out, he didn't get attacked by the Pidgey at the end or something like that. Yeah. Um. And I always thought that was a really cool idea. Uh, in just thinking of that on a larger scale with this game, um, and like, I think I mentioned, I think I tweeted it. I think yeah, I definitely tweeted about the fact that there's a character return that I cried about a little bit, just a little bit. I'm like, oh my god. Um, and he doesn't play the biggest part. He just is now one of the talking heads that pops up when you're taking pictures. Uh, or request a specific picture that may or may not get you more points. I haven't figured that out yet. Um, sometimes mm -hmm. you get little gifts, and really it's just like, hey, now you can change your player icon to something different. And I'm like, okay, cool, wave customizing. Because you now, obviously, original Pokemon Snap, you used to take the pictures, you could take them and get them printed out at um, Blockbuster. Blockbuster doesn't exist anymore. That's not a thing anymore. What does exist yeah. is the internet. So mm -hmm. now you can take the pictures, upload them, take the pictures, edit them a little bit, change the focus, all that kind of fun stuff. Upload them for people to talk about, enjoy, get them ranked, get them liked, all that kind of fun stuff. Um, it actually, it's kind of cool because there is an auto-processing thing for the photos where like, you can take your entire camera roll and at the end, it's like, okay, go ahead and pick your pictures. And I'm like, eh, okay. Sometimes I want to. Other times I'm like, I'm just trying to get as many points as I can. Just tell me what the best thing is. And there's an actual little auto-selection button. So you mm -hmm. will pick new photos or photos that are slightly better than original ones. Um, and then if you take a photo that is deemed by the computer programming good enough, it'll automatically post it online. And I think that is actually a really cool idea. Because uh, I've had like three or four do that. I'm like, oh, I wasn't expecting that. I thought that was a stupid picture of a, a, a Quagmire. Quagmire? Quagsire. Quagsire. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, but I'm, I'm fucking loving it. It is definitely... Uh, definitely my kind of game. Definitely yeah. a play it however you like. I've actually been... Recently, I've been playing it in handheld. I initially was playing it on the big screen docked um mm -hmm. but at one point kim and i were watching a movie and i'm like i want to play pokemon while watching this so i just grabbed it and started playing uh the motion controls are in, in handheld mode not in don't do motion controls when you're sitting at a tv um 
handheld mode I, I actually really like because it does kind of immerse you a little bit more where you're like i'm looking straight if you're holding the thing and you're like oh something's behind me you actually turn around behind you um and i actually really enjoy that in that kind of game because that when the fucking wii u existed when the wii u was announced and i'm like that would be perfect for a new snap game um and of course we know how that went <laughs> the switch no, I... switch alpha uh, did not successfully do that. So when we got to the actual Switch, it worked out perfectly. Yeah. Well, speaking of like the old blockbuster kiosk where you go and print your pictures for Pokemon Snap, right? Is um, Japan actually has kiosk for the new Pokemon Snap Ooh. at certain stores around the country, um, and it's very much reminiscent of blockbuster stores. They can on-demand print photos from their game. That's cool. like as stickers and stuff. So there is, um, I think it's Instax maybe makes it, but there is an actual like Bluetooth enabled photo printer that um, works with Switch. It's been updated to work with Switch and it can print. It doesn't just like sync with the game. It syncs with the Switch in general. So you can mm. print from any game, actually. Um, mm. Obviously, Pokemon is a little bit more specifically made to be like, hey, I want this. Uh <laughs> But yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I think it's cool. I would like it. It's only like 100 bucks, And to be honest, 100 bucks for a printer that can sync with both your Switch and your phone isn't mm -hmm. that bad. No, it's not. Especially if you well, use that to uh, sell pictures online or something. Well, kind of in the same vein. If you have any old Game Boy, Game Boy Color, Game Boy Advance games, um, like old Pokemon games, for example... Um, Retron, well, not Retron, Hyperkin, the company that makes the Retron consoles, yeah. um, released a new console called the N Squared, which uh, allows you to play those games directly through an HDMI port on your TV. Ooh. So they have a, the way they do this is basically it's a, I mean, the box itself is super tiny. It's just a little cube with like an SNES style controller that comes with it that plugs in via USB. Um, there's a USB-C type connector on the back, which I believe is for power. Oh, no joke. This thing is so tough. Um, an HDMI port, and then they have an aspect ratio switch on the back as well. So you can switch between 4x3 or 16x9, <coughs> 4x3 being the sort of letterboxed square mode that you would see on a Game Boy screen, and 16x9 being a widescreen that actually fits your television. It bugs me that it says the Game Boy Advance is only in beta. <laughs> yeah. Well, they released two versions of the consoles. One is sort of a vaporwave esque color scheme, pink and neon blue, and, and then they released one in a golden black. Um, most of this stuff is, of course, already sold out, but I'm sure you can find them somewhere. Yeah. I just thought it was a neat thing to bring up because I have some retro video games from like Sega Genesis and NES and stuff like that that I like to play, and a Retron kind of lets you do that. They're uh, sort of things like their three in one consoles, mm -hmm. but you play all that stuff on the same box. So. You don't have to run around and find stuff, especially they have the Retron 2, which is for like SNES and Nintendo stuff. They have a 3, which plays uh, everything from Mega Drive to Genesis to Super Famicom to NES and SNES. So this is like the company to go to if you don't have those retro consoles but still want to play yeah. those retro games. <clears throat> hmm. I, I've always wanted, and that's the thing, I've always wanted to get one of these things because this, this is obviously a different one. Oh, it's not? No, it says it is out. Never mind. 75th. 
I think what's most exciting about them, though, is it opens it up for... It makes it easy to stream those games. Yeah, instead of doing it's... what some people are doing, which is just, you know, ma or, uh, emulators. You can actually yeah. play the legitimate game. Well, you can play the legit game, and since these consoles all hook up through HDMI, if you have a pass-through capture card, you just sync it up with that, and you're good to go. Yep. <laughs> Unless that has a built-in thing that blocks it, but, you know, whatever. We'll figure out a way around it. Yeah. I'm trying to see if it's available, like, on Amazon or anything. They do have a thing that blocks it. It's just Nintendo's copyright claims. True. <laughs> oh yeah, it's actually available on um on uh Amazon right now. Gotcha. A majority of the game. Oh my god, that is the coolest looking fucking. Sorry, I saw one for the NES one, and it's mm -hmm. the it's that the hyper beach, the blue and per or the blue and pink version. It looks so yeah. fucking cool. <laughs> they, have that, they have one in like traditional NES colors, red, black, and yeah. gray. I um, want to. One, I want they have to have a Retron one. two in SNES colors. Yeah. Oh, Hyperkin Retron five three and one adapter for Game Gear Master System. Oof. Yeah. They basically make these are more or less just emulation boxes. These are them essentially rebuilding old chipsets for these consoles and. Yeah integrating them in a way that they all work together really well oh um, memory card slot for this the, the little mini one too yeah their, their biggest one is the retron n5 which does Every let's see game boy advance game boy color game boy super nes nes famicom super famicom famicom genesis mega drive and master system so you literally get a shit ton of consoles in one box um yeah, that's fantastic and it's just like okay if you if you like collecting retro games like myself and another friend of mine like to do these are great things to have around because it just it keeps you from going out and searching for old hardware that may not even work anymore yeah and that's for me that's one of the biggest things of why i usually don't keep that kind of stuff is because it's it is so hard to find working versions of that and if you do sometimes they're so overpriced um mm -hmm. not only that it's i don't have a tv that can use some of this stuff anymore, like the classic stuff. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. It's technically your TV could use it, but the amount of adapters you need to make that stuff work <laughs> yeah. destroys your image quality so thoroughly. Like, my Samsung TV that I just bought still has, you know, a VGA input. Yeah. So I can plug my PS2 into it. Does VGA look good on this TV? No. Absolutely the fuck not. Yeah, we, <laughs> I remember we plugged up the uh, the PlayStation 1 so Kim could play Spyro on the TV upstairs, and it's like, oh, this is horrid. Oh, yeah, <laughs> fucking doo-doo quality images. Like, <laughs> oh, absolutely horrible looking. And that's just because you're trying to force... You're trying to force a smaller bandwidth connection into a larger one, mm -hmm. and you're trying to force a lower resolution onto a big screen, which never looks good. <laughs> So, uh, I appreciate TVs that have the ability to change things like aspect ratio because I'm able to just let her box my TV to hell and actually get decent image quality. Yeah. But, so what? Uh, what else have you been playing, Nate? Or what have you? What have you been playing, Nate? Obviously, yeah, I, have, I, I have a little bit more. Um, of course, I've been playing more Honkai Impact Third. Um, they did an update for it recently, what released a new that? version of a character. Um, by the name of Bronya, they released a her new battle suit is called Hacksaw Bunny. Um, it's very much themed around what you think it is, but she, um, her new character is sort of a support character, 
So she's a fast attacker. She dual wields these P90s, which is really cool. It does a lot of ice damage. The game does have elemental-based damage. But one of the cool things you can do is you build a team of up to three characters in most instances. So you want synergy between those characters. And since she buffs ice damage, she works in well with another one of her characters, Hershra Reason, who just does massive amounts of ice damage. Mm. And so while she's in a reserve slot, not as your active character... You can use her QTE, which would normally switch your characters. You can use hers where she comes in and she'll cast her ultimate on stuff, which buffs ice damage even further. And you just do a ton of damage all at once. That's really all it is. Big numbers on the screen. Um, but they released a whole new event for her where you're exploring the city and finding out, finding all these different things and finding enemies in it, which is really cool. Um, they brought back the time capsule, which if you have certain tokens from older events, you can buy some of the stuff that they had released previously in other versions. There's a new battle pass for the game as well, which is giving kind of the same rewards the first battle pass did. There's a couple unique things in it. And then they released a new bingo card in the game as well, which they occasionally release with different games, which will give you access to a special uh, stigma, which is a piece of equipment in the game if you get bingo on a certain number of cards. Um... But this is not stuff that you really have to grind out for or do a lot of stuff for. You can get this stuff naturally just by progressing through the game right now. Which is pretty neat. Um, but it's worth a shot. We already got previews for version 4.8 um, which will be coming out soon so we know that we're getting I don't think we're getting a new character but we're getting a lot of outfits in the next update for characters. <laughs> um, and I think a new event as well with some special currency in that. And then other than that, um, I played a little bit of more of Transistor on the last stream I did. I didn't get very far in it because I was like just completely exhausted by the time I got around to playing it on stream. But um, got a little bit further. And this is like the furthest I've gotten in the game. I have not actually played beyond this point. I was a little wary of where I was going in the game because the game doesn't make it very clear where you're supposed to go. And I think that is just part of the game itself. Like there's probably different pathways to completing it i don't know but i'm having fun with it regardless and then um a little bit of monster Hunter rise i played they released a new update with some new monsters in it and rise is the new new one yes the last one new one for switch yeah yes it's a new one for switch um one of my friends is very very into this game like plays it religiously now (laughs) um and he knows like all the ins and outs how to min max your stats what gear sets are on meta and all that stuff like that um, which is great if you want to play it that way. Um, I've been playing a gun lance most of the time. I was using a long sword before. That's the the long sword is very technical and counter based, and you really have to get good at it to contribute. Um, gun lance is far more defensive. I'm able to make more mistakes with it and still survive. Um, do they still plus have it the... can be fairly powerful? Do they still have the um, character that only plays music? Oh, you're talking about the. Um... Fuck, what is that like weapon called? Why am I forgetting it now? The giant flute. Oh, it's called the hunting horn. That's what it's called. Horn, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. So the hunting horn is very much like the hammer in that it can do a lot of knockout damage, but yes, it is mostly used for buffing other people. Yeah. I love because I uh, the only time I've ever played any Monster Hunter, I decided to use that and uh yeah. like hitting random buttons to make it be like, Oh, I just did something. <laughs> yeah. Well, once you get the combos down with the hunting hammer, you know, a lot of Monster Hunter is about knowing the monster's patterns. Mm-hmm. Each monster has a set of moves and a set of tells for those moves. So 
by knowing the patterns, if you're a hunt, if you're a hunting horn player, for example, you know which buffs to give to people at the right time. Yeah. Um. So you can really help out your team with things like the hunting horn. My buddy plays this game so much it's ridiculous. Plays with a light bow gun right now, so he's ranged sort of fighter. I started playing with Gunlance, so I'm very much in the monster's face all the time, dealing damage when openings like appear, and then keeping myself covered up and defended when the monster's just relentlessly trying to smash my face in, which is pretty much all the fucking time. Um, I've got a buddy who switches between a lot of weapons, but mostly uses Hammer, which is great, because that's just knocking the monster out a lot, <laughs> which is always beneficial. The more time the monster spends on the ground, the more time you can spend beating it to hell. Um... But they released six new monsters with the update anyway. Um, Camellios is back, which was a monster from a previous game. Um, a lot of these monsters from previous games, which you've got the Kashala Daora, you've got Teostra, you've got Basil Juice, and then two Apex versions of monsters they already had in the game, an Apex Rathlos and an Apex Diablos, mm-hmm. which normally appear in Rampages, which are sort of like a horde mode for Monster Hunter uh-huh. Rise. Um, but now they've also added the ability to go and hunt these Apex monsters as part of normal hunts. So if you need certain Apex materials to ramp up your weapons, you can go ahead and get those. Um, Apex monsters are extremely dangerous, though. Some of these monsters are capable of one-hitting you even with very good equipment. Um, There's a new special quest in the game that gives you access to special stuff. There's the High Ninja Sword now added to the game, which if you beat the quest for it and have the materials to craft, it has 100% affinity. Affinity basically is the crit crit rate for a weapon in the game. So this thing crits on every single hit that it makes. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, I believe it's part of a sword and shield set. Um, other than that, Monster Hunter Rise, if you haven't played like much Monster Hunter lately, if you like a fan of older Monster Hunters, this one probably is the one to play with all the new features in it. It's just an amazing game. You're far more mobile in this Monster Hunter than you were in previous games. And the monster fights are all really, really fun. None of them are like super boring even if you fight the same monster over and over again you're always learning something from that encounter and you're always usually working your way up to better gear for yourself Mm -hmm. and then of course you have min maxers who will always talk about like what's best in slot and stuff like that but it's also an easy game just to have fun with especially if you play it with friends yeah so like it's not like you have to be on meta all the time to do well in the game just play the fucking game play with the weapon you want to play and be competent at that weapon at the very least just make sure you're not carting three times <laughs> um, and canceling the hunt for everybody else. Um, other than that, yeah, haven't played much. So it was Honkai, Transistor, and Monster Hunter is all I really played. Yeah. yeah I've been checking out way too much, mostly because of... Uh, yeah, I can't even say Game Pass, because looking at the games that I talked about, one of them is Game Pass, which is Second Extinction. Um, that is the... I don't know how to describe it besides it's kind of it's not a looter shooter it feels like the way that it's set up where you can drop in and do things like you can free roam or do a campaign it feels set up like a destiny like a um uh, those type of games my mind's blanking on other ones right now um but you just get fucked up by a whole bunch of dinosaurs uh and what I found out is this game is very, very, very fucking stressful, and you need friends. <laughs> you should not play this <laughs> game by yourself. It is not set up to be a solo game. Because, um, like, 
throughout the i did free i didn't do any of the campaign yet i just just threw free roaming in an area um it's you get a lot of damage but it's pretty easy to to keep yourself healed up and distance yourself from the enemies um but when you're done because i'm like oh I, I checked everything on this i checked all the boxes for this area i'm gonna go back and just decide whether i'm gonna keep playing or not um and when you are like okay i'm done it starts setting off a countdown beacon and it's like all right cool survive until the ship gets here and it's just an endless wave of, of dinosaurs coming at you while you're mm -hmm. waiting for this ship to come to pick you up and i'm like well wasn't prepared for that uh... <laughs> someone i know ended up playing that game last night and we were in a discord chat and they're like is this just like a post bop with the dinosaur fucking game i'm like that's it's, pretty much exactly what yeah it is. It, it's definitely that um <laughs> it's really fun and i really enjoyed it i just i cannot play by myself it is way too much solo um I well, might pick it up and try it out because it seems interesting. And again, free on Game Pass. Um, on the other spec side of the spectrum, uh, you have Cozy Grove, which is fan-fucking-tastic. Um, <laughs> it's basically Animal Crossing with ghosts. Ghosts. Mm -hmm. um, you don't. Re you get to design things. You can find things. You buy things. You can make the island look how you want it to a certain extent. Um you are your little like a girl scout basically i think they're called like spirit scouts or something like that but you come to this island and it's filled with dead bears <laughs> um you just talk up talk to these ghosts you get to learn about their past you help them remember their past uh you grow friendships with them you got the little heart bar kind of thing going um, they have you do different quests. Some of them can be done within minutes. Others, it could take days, hours. Uh, it's sometimes it's nice because it's like, hey, this quest you have only twelve hours to do, and like, okay, that means I can get this done pretty quickly. Um, as opposed to, I have one quest that is like, hey, get me this, get me, make me this food, and it's like, all right, cool. What do I need? Oh, twelve eggs. Fuck, I need. I can only get like two eggs a day, so it's gonna take a couple of days. And I'm now thinking of it, realized I've missed like two days. Um, but it, it it's really fun and cute, and I really like the art style of it. Uh, the the layout of the world and the way that you walk around makes me think of um, Don't Starve. So it's Don't Starve if you don't have to worry about dying constantly. Um, you don't have to like eat food and all that kind of stuff is important in any way um it really is how you lay out the world like if you have trees with fruits on them if you put them near trees with other fruit trees they actually give you more as they as you harvest them um and it, it like every item is like hey if, it, if it's a like a pet or a plant both of them will be like hey this thing likes one thing, hates other things, so you can try and get the the um, level up on it as high as possible. Uh, my mm -hmm. favorite one, because <laughs> you get these little spirit birds. My favorite thing about one of my spirit birds is, one of its dislike is birds. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, he hates himself. Um, <laughs> but I, I, it's really fun, it's really cute. It really is a pop-in for a couple hours a day at most, just like uh animal crossing would be um 
and it's just something nice to break up. Like if I come home from a bad day at work, for instance, I'd be like, hey, let's hop into this, talk to ghosts and feel better. Um, really nice. nice. It's a pretty cheap game. I think I got it on sale. I think it's only like 10, 20 bucks maybe. Now I want to double check. Well, I just realized I missed a deal on a game that I just found out about. <laughs> what game? Um, oh, it's only 15 bucks, yeah. Well, this game is called Tonight We Riot, um, and it's a brawler game in May 1st, yesterday is International Workers Day, right? May Day. Yeah. Oh, it's only 15 um, bucks. This game is like one of those sort of games that is unapologetically political in its messaging, but it's also just a very fun brawling game. Yeah. It's got a very positive reception on Steam. I love that it right now is showing mm -hmm. me... Um similar to games I've played are Terraria and Turnip Boy commits tax evasion. <laughs> well, this game um, yesterday was 90% off on Steam. Oh. Apparently there's a rule about discounting your game on Steam, so they just made it as cheap as possible for one day. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, but That's I may cool. just put this on list and see if it goes on sale again. Probably this time next year. Uh -huh. yeah. If it doesn't, I'll buy it regardless. Yeah. But, um, no. It is a game that is literally, like, just, like, violent worker <laughs> revolution. <laughs> well, you know, that kind of... Sorry, it, my mind immediately went to... Because, yes, I... It's funny that it recommended it, or it was mm -hmm. similar to this, but I just recently literally picked up, because it was only its own sale for... Yeah, it's, well, no, it was on sale when I bought it, but it is $15. Um, but Turnip Boy commits tax evasion. Uh, it's a little, like, Zelda-y kind of game. Um, things are blocked off, so you have to get certain abilities to go back and do it and all that. But it really is just you get a note saying, hey, you owe this much money on your property. Uh, and mm -hmm. the only option you really have is to rip it up. Um, and that just, <laughs> that kicks off the storyline where it's like, all right, now you're indebted to the mayor and he has you do all these missions. Um, and as you do the missions, you just keep finding more and more paper and items that you get to rip up. Cause you know, fuck it. Fuck things. Um, there's one mm. point I think you get an autograph from like a famous Twitch streamer and, uh, she hands it to you and you're like, cool, cool, cool. And you just rip it up in front of her. <laughs> <laughs> it's That's really hilarious. fun uh it's a very short game um like i i think i played through the entirety of it on stream the other night but it is mm -hmm. it's it was definitely worth it i really enjoyed it uh i might go back and because they actually have like settings for speed runs um and one of my i think one of my favorite parts is there is a character in the game that doesn't unlock until the end that basically says it's a it's like this super vision cat kind of thing where it can see all and uh it basically tells you where items you've missed are <laughs> which i'm like oh that's perfect so i don't have to yeah. go searching constantly it's like hey hey you missed a thing around this area um <laughs> i think it's fun i enjoyed it it's a cute little game obviously a little like uh not 8-bit but not highest graphic quality in the world game. Um, yes. 
but I think you enjoy aesthetics like that. I love that kind of stuff, yeah. Cute, cute shit with people murdering each other. Also, it's set in a post-apocalyptic world, so, you know, everybody well, loves them. I know that you like cute games, and especially cute games that also let you be a complete psychopath, so. <laughs> I make some sense in the world. <laughs> Who doesn't like cute murder? I feel like you're one of those people who like drops the penguin off the cliff in Mario 64 and then just reloads the level so you can keep doing that. No, I would never redo that. You do it once because you're like, oh my god, I can do this. And then you find games that you can do that to everybody. Um, <laughs> uh, but no, I like literally everything I've been playing lately, I've really enjoyed. Um, speaking of which, I forgot to put one thing on here. Uh, we did get. Not this past week, but the week before, um, I played the... Oh, my mind is blanking on it. Sorry. Now I need to go do things. Hold on. Uh, go to library. Uh, so many things. Dreadx. Dreadx Collection The Hunt. Um, we were given a code for the game. Uh, it is a collection of horror games, horror, like, indie titles usually made by, mm -hmm. like, one or two people, teams. Um, there are, I believe, eight different games. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. One, two, three, four, five, six. Oh, seven games, okay. Um, basically, the, the overworld game is, like, the main story of it. Within that overworld game, there are the five other games, or six other games, um, I haven't played all of them, uh, mostly because it got to a point that I'm like, I don't know if this is terrifying or not for some of them. Um, my favorite of the games, though, being Uctena. It was Uctena 64, I think, was the full title, where basically mm -hmm. it's almost, it. Uh, after playing it, it, it felt like a, almost like a reskinned Dino Crisis, or... Um, Turok, uh, mm -hmm. you basically play a, like, this hillbilly bounty hunter guy who is mm -hmm. be, being hired by the CDC, which stands for the Center for Disease Center. Um, <laughs> uh, and you just are hunting down these creatures that have kind of just mutated. Um, it's, obviously, it looks like an old, like an old 64 game not like the higher end 64 that needed the the expansion pack um and it plays just like that and it's really fun and everything about it felt like a real 64 game to me uh but i love the fact there's parts there's early on in like the introduction level you're like okay you're being introduced to this character he's a he's a hillbilly guy just him and his truck he loves his truck uh and like as you're walking around in the world you go up to his mailbox and there's like a trans rights matter sticker on the mm -hmm. door. I'm like, oh, this is a good hillbilly. <laughs> <laughs> He's not some asshole. Um, yeah. And I actually, I really like that. I thought that was kind of cool. <laughs> but it, it has, it's one of those games where the game itself, this was probably the least scary of the games. Um, mm -hmm. But it, had weird enough creatures in it and the writing in it was fucking hilarious um mm. that i want to go i that's the one game that i've actually gone back and replay and played more of it uh some of the other ones are a little bit more creepy um 
One is just super out there weird, which was uh, oh, it's something about meat, rose meat. My mind's blanking <laughs> on the name right now. Um, oh, you know what? I think I wrote a. Did I write it? I did. Oh, it is called Rose of Meat. Um, it's just weird. It's fucking weird. Uh, <laughs> and I know I looked into some of the other games that I actually didn't get a chance to sit down and play yet. Um, but they're a lot creepier. I definitely played the the least creepy of the games. One of which was probably my least favorite part just because it was not... It felt like they overly darkened the world to make it harder, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, it wasn't a scary game in any way. It was just like, a, hey, here's a really poorly lit, grungy-looking game that you can barely tell if that's a person or just a light source. So, mm -hmm. uh, But I enjoyed it, and I thank them very much for letting us uh, have the opportunity to play it. Um, it's such a weird fucking game. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I'm looking at the like screenshots and videos people have posted, and I'm like, hey, this is a weird fucking game. Um, yeah. Yeah, I guess that, that's enough on games. Now, you know what? I, there's like so much other stuff that we've watched and stuff, but I really just want yes. to talk about one thing, Nate. Do you, do you know what that one thing is? I mean, considering you highlighted everything else, like you're getting ready to leave it. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Falcon and the Winter Soldier. That's right. I finally made a spoiler cover for the thing that's over. Yay. <laughs> It only took. It's never too late. It's only took forever. Final, final Falcon Winter Soldier spoilers. Oh God. So Nate, we are at the end of the road. Yeah, it's done. I think last time we talked about it, it was literally the second to last episode. We had the penultimate oh. episode. Um, so now we get to talk about that finale, and goddamn, that finale was pretty damn good. I'm just going to say, I watched this while I was at work because I did not want any of it spoiled for me. Yeah. And so I watched it at work the day it came out. And I'm glad that my desk, we all have like corner style desks. Mm -hmm. So I'm glad that my computer is in that corner and I'm facing away from everyone. Because <laughs> you were in tears. There were, there were several times during this episode I was like ready to openly weep. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. It hit so many times. I was just like, they can't do this. This has to be, again, some kind of rule. <laughs> what what rule? Like, good punishment rule? Know. I don't I don't think there's any rule against it, for real, but I don't like feeling my own feelings, Chris. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm sorry. I apologize. Like, you remember the line from Dodgeball where he's like, nobody makes me bleed my own bl blood. I'm like, nobody makes me feel my own feelings. No one makes me feel my own feels. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it got me a lot too, man. Yes. Uh, no. Episode was great from beginning to end. Now that we're... So, I feel like a common agreement across the board for this series is... Spoilers, obviously. We don't fucking care. It says it up there, and if you didn't hear me say it in the audio portion of this, sorry. Um, Sharon, as the power broker, is the mm -hmm. weakest part of the series, in my opinion. No, absolutely. In, in a lot of people's opinions, in all honesty. 
Um, Absolutely, it is. Sure, it kind of sets itself up within this. We get Zemo talking about the fact that I've never met them, but I know about them. Um, mm -hmm. And you got her being all like, hey, I've heard of a power broker. Don't want to mess with them. Um, but also, hey, I'm basically rich and have all these paintings and I'm doing shady shit. Mm -hmm. But I'm definitely still a good person. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was very much portrayed in the way of, like, I've been cashed out of my country. I'm not allowed back there at all. And so I'm doing what I can do to survive in this new sort of criminal underground I've been thrust into. Yeah. And then to learn that she's a power broker is, like, she probably wasn't so much thrust into this as she has now chosen this for herself. Um, Which isn't a... It isn't a bad take at all. I just feel like it was... You know, they may have been setting up Sharon to be the power broker from the very beginning, but in the way they present it in the show, it's very much like, we just need to give this character something to do. Sorry. I <laughs> I didn't think about it when I made the initial layout for the thing, and I just think it's funny that I have Bucky on my side and, and Sam's on your side. <laughs> I happen to, like, I just looked away from the screen and then looked back over, and it was like, oh, the white guy's with the white guy, the black guy's with the black guy. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to audio listeners. I just thought that was an entertaining thing. Yes, it also is. to the audio listeners, you you are missing as usual one of my lovely. I love my taco shirt. Yeah. Well, we um. I mean, the episode opens up pretty pretty spectacularly, right? Is we start the episode and it's just ready to gear up the action from where we left off last time. The headquarters of the GRC is being attacked. Um, Global Repatriation Council, for those who forgot what that was. Um, they're responsible for relocating, for putting everybody back where they were before, you know, the ending, before the blip happened and everybody the reappeared. The unblip. Yeah. The unblip. During yes. those five um, years, and then now they're all mm -hmm. back. So you've got the Flag Smashers who are very much not okay with that, and they're going after the GRC, and they attack the GRC headquarters. And in the last episode, we ended on... Bucky giving Sam the case that he picked up from Wakanda. We also um, ended, and we him. also, yeah. yeah. Well, we all suspected that the new suit was going to be in there, right? Oh yeah, duh. And that's the confirmation we get, like at the beginning of the episode. There's no build up to this. There's no wait. We see Sam in the comic accurate Captain America suit. Busted! Um, I'm Captain America, bitch. Yeah. And he's got a new bitch, set of just... wings, so he's got the wings and the shield. Yeah, it's so good. It looks and so we get good. It Yes, we get this great action scene um, a little bit later on. Of course, he's fighting dudes inside the GRC. He fights Batrock the Leaper for a little while. Um, and then the the Flagsmaster is trying to sort of kidnap these people from the GRC. So they fly away in a helicopter, and you get this cool action scene of Sam really using the wings and the shield together, right? Because he's chasing out his helicopter and stuff like that. And one of the amazing scenes that he does is finally when he's ready to get the pilot out of the helicopter is him throwing the shield, it bouncing off, and then flattening out. So yeah. you can grab it. And then flying straight through the cockpit and knocking the guy out the other side. Like, just a really cool action scene. And I watched some of the behind-the-scenes stuff on how they did the flight and other things in the show. Of course, a lot of it is CGI-based, but a lot of it really is, like, Anthony <laughs> Mackie strung up on wires. <laughs> like dive bombing around a fucking soundstage because <laughs> they had the one i think i don't know if it's in the behind the scenes one but i know i've seen the video of him it's just him vertical 
just looking at the camera going like what's up <laughs> yeah <laughs> he's, he's a funny guy but um you know they, they did perfect stuff with this I, I watched more behind the scenes stuff about like the making of the suit mm-hmm. they really did like go all out on designing and making the suit for him like no no expense was spared on creating it and every oh, yeah. detail was meant to be comic accurate it's, um, it, oh god, it's so good. I remember because I think I mentioned to you about Kim um, getting it spoiled for her because she, in mm-hmm. her opinion, did not want him to have wings again. She was hoping that it was like, "Hey, now you're Captain America," but like mm-hmm. this is coming. That's coming from somebody that is has no experience with the Marvel comic universe. Um, mm-hmm. So for me, I'm like, "Ooh, I know it's coming, but I'll let you." decide on how you feel about it when it happens and then she had the suit spoiled for her um Mm. and i remember having the conversation with her about being like because she i was in the shower when she came in about it and i'm just like is it the suit and she's like yeah how did you know and i'm like comics and she's like yeah (laughs) i had a feeling (laughs) well that being said they did have some malfunctions with his suit um particularly the cow part of the suit right oh yeah um, so where his neck is, like, that is just supposed to be a straight line from his shoulder up to his head mm-hmm. because it wraps around to the goggles. And the problem is anytime, you know, Anthony Mackie would bend or flex his neck, that part of the suit would also flex outwards and leave, like, this awkward bulge. And so they went and they digitally edited that so that way it laid yeah. flat against his neck the entire time. And the same thing with the goggles. Even though the goggles and all the shots are extremely realistic and have reflection and stuff on them, he could not wear like red goggles in front of his eyes for hours on end oh yeah it would fuck up his vision that's bad for so you. they digitally edited those in several times during several shots but um into the episode we get this whole chase scene between sam bucky and the flag smashers right and there comes a point where it's like sam now has to chase down carly by himself she's getting ready to get away and sharon shows up and they have a fight and Carly gets shot. <laughs> um, and it sucks because, like, Carl Morgenthau, the character she's based on as the Flag Smasher, right? Mm-hmm. That character's kind of a shitty dude. Yeah. Carly, but on the other Carly, hand, is doing the right Carly, thing, just the, or doing the wrong thing for the right reasons. Uh, hashtag Carly did nothing wrong. Um, <laughs> she's still... Okay, we've talked about this. While, yes, I support her 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 reasoning and everything behind it she still murdered innocent people there are still innocent people murdered for the cause no then this they talked about it they were straight up innocent people (laughs) like yes she blew up the gr one of those grc location things but it wasn't just grc people that were in there there were people being for instance some of them that were being relocated some families that were being relocated Mm mm-hmm are you really gonna oh. you really gonna put that being like oh the people that came back from the blip don't matter nate that's just as bad as saying the people that did that were here the entire time didn't matter <laughs> i'm saying i'm just upset carly died is all <laughs> so that is a whole other thing that um people are thinking that she might not be dead mm-hmm there's a possibility that she is not dead. On the other hand, the rest of the Flag Smashers are 100% dead, thanks to Zemo. Uh- <laughs> yeah, Zemo was like, uh, yeah, I'm still going to get my way in the end. So you know there um, should not be any super soldiers except for Bucky, because I trust Bucky. 
But um, we do get um, several great scenes throughout of just a lot of action goes on in this episode. Just a lot of fighting goes on. Um, one of the things that I don't like about this series in particular is I get that it's supposed to be choreographed fighting and stuff, but there's a lot of these like fast cuts during the fight scenes yeah. to hide some of the mistakes that are in there. I watched some behind the scenes where you can finally get a panned out view of the fight scenes and you can see that these are very much acted fight scenes, but that's because the actors themselves wanted to be in shots as much as possible without the yeah. use of stuntmen. And so a lot of it is a lot of those cuts are necessary because there are scenes where they are doing motions where they're supposed to be hitting each other, but never making contact, not even coming close to making contact. I feel like um, one of the ones that the, is the best at those acted out fight scenes <laughs> is um, Sebastian Stan. But that's because he's had at this point years of doing that with Marvel movies. Yeah. Um, I mean, that fucking fucking uh, knife flip catch shit. Mm hmm. Well, we get these scenes. It's very much a cat and mouse kind of game that they're playing between the Flag Smashers and Sam and Bucky trying to get these leaders of the GRC to safety. Meanwhile, the Flag Smashers try to kidnap them so they can eventually kill them all. Um, and then there's a scene where Sam is in, like, deep... Sh or not Sam, Bucky's basically in deep shit. He's kind of in and over his head, fighting multiple super soldiers from the Flag Smashers at the same time. And Sam is also in deep shit because to get away from them, like, the Flag Smashers don't care about these GRC people. Their ultimate goal is to kill them. Yeah. So they light one of the armored cars on fire that have some members in there. And Sam has to kind of make this decision, like, is he going to, like, you know, keep fighting or is he going to try to save these people? Well, he does his best and kind of ultimately ends up failing to the point where Bucky's about to be crushed by a fucking armored car. And it really doesn't matter how strong you are at that point. You're probably going to die. <laughs> um, but then out of nowhere, fucking uh, John Walker shows up and sort of saves the day. He's He himself has already been, like, beat to shit at this point. They just have a great scene of his, like, fake shield being smashed in, laying on the ground. And I believe it's because he tosses over the edge when he goes to grab the car. And so... He shows up. He gets his little redemption moment. Mm -hmm. And I think that is mm -hmm. one of the that. biggest things people didn't like about the show. We're not calling is... it a redemption. Well, no. Not he had a, a moment of clarity. That's what he had. <laughs> he had a slight moment of clarity that allowed him to be like, oh, let me not just go murder mm -hmm. people. Yes. Well, I think a lot of people didn't like that because of the way it felt, at least on initial viewing for me, is like they don't want to give this man like the justice that is necessary like they do not want to punish him for anything mm -hmm. which was very weird to me um but moving forward in the episode right is we get these fight scenes carly ultimately dies we get this great scene of the new captain america now carrying her out of the building putting her down you know on the gurney for the ambulance and everything like that they're wrapping everything up they're sort of doing the cleanup work and the senator the u.s senator who had john walker become captain america in the first place yeah yeah he comes up to sam and he starts thanking him and he's like oh you saved us and so on and so forth and sam just lays into this guy with like the best speech in all of them lays into yes. the entirety of the american government basically yeah he's like the world government at that point it, yeah it's pretty much the world government it's like hey like you guys have been you know we understand that you know you guys think you're doing your best but you have virtually unlimited resources that you aren't using to help people in need and making excuses for it the entire time. And he's 
so that gives that whole speech is sort of the breathing in breathing of life into the new Captain America persona is I'm not yeah. a symbol of American nationalism and imperialism anymore. I'm a symbol of the values that America should aspire to, which is we see somebody in need and we, if we have the ability to help them, we should be doing that yeah. regardless of anything else going on. Well, hell if anybody from mm -hmm. Sam's perspective, even if you don't have the full ability, you try. Yeah. I mean, I think he makes makes that point in the speech as well. He's like, I'm just, he's basically like, I'm just one guy. Like, I'm not a fucking god. Like, I can't go around and save the world. <laughs> like, yes, I beat up bad guys, but that's that is a minuscule part of what Captain America is supposed to embody. Yeah. Um, and so he gives that speech and everything like that. We get a great scene near the end of, um. Bucky finally confronting Mr. Nakajima. Sorry, telling him. <laughs> I just thought about the before we even get to that. It's the, um, it's the. Sorry, I was on my phone. I didn't hear anything. <laughs> <laughs> but it was his acknowledgement of calling. He he is Cap. He he. I mean, fuck. Bucky acknowledged him as Captain America before anybody else. Mm -hmm. Um, he accepted that back when he had the conversation with Steve. Um. And I like like we had with the last episode talking about they didn't know what it would mean, but he always accepted mm -hmm. uh, Sam as the next Captain America. Um, yeah. And people have had their issues with that being like, oh, he should have said something else. I'm like, no, because Sam didn't. Or but one, Sam didn't need Bucky to say anything else because Sam already knew how Bucky felt. Mm -hmm. So. Well, in in the MCU, when the handing of the shield, you know, when the handing over of the shield happens at the end of Endgame, you still are in this mindset where you're you know that Bucky cannot bear that responsibility. Mm -hmm. Like he is, he's still very much mentally broken even at the end of Endgame. Yeah. Um, and we get those scenes throughout winter throughout this series of him going to Wakanda as White Wolf and being granted that title by the Wakandans and breaking his conditioning and how difficult that was for him to do is because in his own head, it isn't just, I say some code words and now you're a, you're a program killer. Yeah. It's Bucky has lived this for a hundred years and he thinks the only thing he knows how to do is hurt people. So he has to get rid of that idea in his own mind. And that's where the sort of the, the ending of this episode comes into play is we get that redemption of him going to Mr. Nakajima's apartment and telling him basically like, Hey, I murdered your son. Yeah. And he finishes his list kind of thing. Yes. Even though I wasn't fully in control of my actions, that doesn't excuse what I did. Um, and so he's, he's finally at that point where he's making amends for the things that he's done in the past. And it's, it's great because that sets him up for the future of the MCU of finally being a fully realized superhero. He can be the mm -hmm. new him. He can. He doesn't have to yeah. be held down by his past anymore. Yeah. So he throws a cookout. Yeah. And then we get a scene, of course, some of the Flag Smashers are still left over. They're getting ready to get away. They believe that they're going to get away because one of the guards, he puts them in the back of the truck. Is like He says one their world. catchphrase, one world, one people. And the flag smasher guy nods to him, and then all of a sudden the truck blows up. 
And you're like, what the hell happens? And you see this old man sitting in a car, and that's Zemo's butler. <laughs> yep. And so Zemo gets God his way in the Alfred. end. And then you get some scenes at the end also showing Sharon sort of, you know, coming off as the power broker, getting ready to set plans up for the future. Now, now she that she no longer has access again. Yeah. the soldier serum, she needs to move on to the next best thing. Which is um, all the government secrets. Yeah. She's, she's got a lot of them. She was in the intelligence community for a very long time. Well, now she's back. Uh, and then, I was going to say, the last of those three non-Falcon and Winter Soldier people, or Captain America Winter Soldier people, um, mm-hmm. is uh, we get the, the more interaction with John Walker now as U.S. Mm-hmm. agent yeah, in his black and red suit. Mm-hmm. He literally comes out and says, like, it's the same, it's the same just but it's black. <laughs> So. Um, but yes, the, uh, what's her name? Contessa something, something, something. Yeah. Elaine. <laughs> Val is her name. I'm just going to yeah. call her Elaine. For you. Contessa Valentina Allegra de Fontaine. That's the full name. <laughs> Wait, um, is, is Elaine actually in that name? Did I hear no, that? No, oh, it's okay. Contessa Too Valentina Allegra de Fontaine. Allegra de Fontaine. Yes. Okay. Elaine from Seinfeld. (laughs) Yeah, but she is sort of the the handler now for the new U.S. agent. So, and that's that's another one of the ones where everybody's like, "All right, what are we getting? Is she going to be like the part? Is she putting together the Thunderbolts? Is Mm -hmm. she putting together like the Dark Avengers? What are we doing with this?" And that's why we're now in a world where U.S. agent exists. Zemo is still alive, so Zemo could be the the mind, the the thoughts behind whatever. Who knows? I'm excited that they didn't kill off all the car- bad guys. Yeah. Well, I mean, you've got you've got a lot of stuff basically that this sets up for the future of the MCU, right? Is we got a new Captain America. At the end of WandaVision, of course, we have the full realization of Scarlet Witch and a new Vision. Um, out there and a new vision um we've got bucky now embracing this new persona we don't know if he's going to go by white wolf or winter soldier what he's going to go by in the future so there was um one of the interviews with the i think the writer or showrunner um actually said there was an original treatment where the end card said captain america in the white wolf Mm -hmm. um so it could that could be saying hey he's definitely going to be going by that which I would, I, I, in all honesty, not a fan. I understand it. I know that that's the character in the in the comics. White Wolf just sounds boring. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, but even regardless of that, right? Is we've got so much to look for in the future now. Mm-hmm. Um, I think their handling of, you know, a black Captain America was done exceptionally well. Is this is like, we we saw the contest there between Sam and Isaiah mm-hmm. where Isaiah is fully, you know, he believes he's been betrayed by America. He believes America is God, still shit. very much just subjugating black people across the country shit and even Isaiah across the world. And got me. Yeah. He's just like, no, no self-respecting black man would put on that suit or carry that shield. Yeah. Um, and that's understandable from his perspective, but then you have Sam sort of saying, you know, this is why as a black man, I carry the shield now 
because people respect the shield and I can use it to get people to finally pay attention to not just me, but us as a people mm-hmm. um, and, and do the things that need to be done. That's his whole speech to the GRC council members is you guys need to really buckle down and realize that you can do better than this. Um, and so I just think it's great. Uh, the speech is especially great because the senator even gives his own rebuttals of the things that Sam is saying, and Sam just immediately has a response ready for him. Yeah. Um, and that's what really makes it makes it unique in the MCU. It's not a monologue so much as it is an actual dialogue between characters. Um, but yeah, I mean, show was great. Again, I I ended up like openly crying about that show <laughs> at the end of it. I get it, man. So. I was there with you. <laughs> So I, I think it's wonderful. Um, and then, uh, who knows? We, we've got other stuff coming up for the MCU in the near future. Yeah, so the next thing on Disney in general is... Um, is My mind's blanking on what it's called right now. I'll get there eventually. No, <laughs> it's uh, the Star Wars spinoff, the Clone Wars spinoff, Bad Batch, um, which I am excited about not a lot not everybody's excited about um uh, mm-hmm. take the spoiler thing away um but yeah after that we have loki in june and i believe i think it's july now i don't remember because they keep moving the fucking date around black widow when's black widow out black widow comes out in yeah july 9th um which i will be I'm st- I don't know. I talked to Kim about it, and we're not sure if we're going to watch it in theaters or if we're going to watch it in, um, whatchamacallit, uh, that other thing that my mind's blanking on. <laughs> oh, at home, on Disney+. Because it is going to be on Disney+. Plus. They announced that it would be Disney+, Plus because they realize they're not gonna, they can't make as much money as they want to uh, yeah. through whatchamacallit. So 30 bucks guaranteed from this household. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> But no, I, I'm excited for that. But real quick on the topic of upcoming um, Disney stuff, I don't know if you've seen it, Nate, um, but we did get our first look at, well, bam, the Miss oh, yeah. Marvel costume. I did see that. I am so fucking excited about this. Um, I'm excited about it, and I love the design of the costume because so it's very much superhero esque, like the complete suit. You go down the pants. And then you go down to her shoes, and she's wearing red Converse <laughs> sneakers. Yes, it's perfect. Hold on a second. <laughs> Sorry, I um, I actually ooh, got right on the mic. Sorry about that. Um, I happened to go by another comic shop to the other day, and they actually had the Walgreens exclusive Miss Marvel. So I now have nice. both of the Miss Marvels that I wanted. So I got this and I got the game version, the game reverse version, which, so, and that's the thing. I think they're using the slight, like, shininess, the goldenness of the S, mm-hmm. uh, or lightning bolt, I say S, um, from the game in later versions of her costume for the, like, let me pop it back mm-hmm. up. Because it does, it, it's a lot shinier. It is a lot shinier than the original thing. And I think they kind of are merging this with the video game version to a certain mm-hmm. extent in some of the more updated versions. Like, obviously now, her suit's completely different. Uh, I Unless it's changed, I, I'm behind a couple of issues. Um, but she has an alien suit right now. Or the mm-hmm. last time I read. Um, 
I mean, hell, how far behind are you on that? <laughs> I mean, very much, but the... I like this costume design a lot because that lightning bolt being as shiny as it does gives gives the outfit presence mm -hmm. in that space, right? And it makes it easier to keep track of in sort of those... I mean, you're going to have dimly lit scenes, so this makes your character easy to identify and keep track of. Yeah, You've got gold accents everywhere. You've got a little tie to her heritage in the armband that she's wearing. And she's still got the scarf. I'm glad she still has a scarf. She still has the scarf, so this is very much... Paying homage to her, you know, Muslim Arabic heritage, um, but also very much giving you just straight up upon sight, like this is the new Miss Marvel vibe. Yeah. Um, so you get that, and that, and the, the suit just looks excellently tailored. I mean, it fits well. It lays against her body very naturally it's not like bunched up anywhere or looking silly mm -hmm. and it's not it fits the design theme of the marvel cinematic universe along with all the other suits as you've sort of got this very light padding and armoring in certain places so that's... you've got these very angular designs along the suit as well that's where i actually brought this other tweet hold on um this other tweet basically is showing off all of it, all the uh, the newer stuff. Let me see if I can just pop that on top of the screen. But we've got like there. People are talking about the fact that Marvel lately, more recently, has been going really heavy in the more comic accurate costumes. Like we were just talking about Sam. We just saw Captain mm -hmm. Marvel or Miss Marvel. Um, but we're also getting things like, uh, my mind's blanking on his name right now. Oh no, that's not what I meant. I meant to do this. There's too many buttons. I got too many screens, Nate. Too many screens. <laughs> that's extra, that's reaction. Okay, that's the thing I wanted to do. This is hard to do, Nate. <laughs> Nate, talk about something while I'm doing this. Well, I'm looking at the tweet you're mentioning right now, and um, I'm seeing these four new shots here. We already did the Miss Marvel one, but looking at the um, Hawkeye costume, I forget this actress's name, by the way. Um, but she was in Bumblebee. Yes. And she was amazing in that. I never saw um, Bumblebee. Yeah. Well, looking at the new costume, I mean, it's it's got the purple you know, top, just like you would expect Hawkeye to have. Um, she's got the quiver. She's got the, she's got a recurve bow, which is different for Hawkeye. Hawkeye is, at least as Clint Barton uses a compound bow in most of his shots. So yeah. a recurve is definitely different, but maybe it's just what she's used to using. We even got the Hawkeye's, Hawkeye's suit that is a little bit more comic accurate. And they also yeah. threw Spider-Man, but I mean, Spider-Man, you know, whatever. Spider-Man's always Spider-Man. I mean, Spider-Man's got a million and a half fucking costumes yeah. by this point. But to see, like, the black accent costume is really neat. Um, Didn't know that was Definitely gives a more menacing vibe than the blue and red. <laughs> menacing. Well, he's a menace. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's, yes. He's according to J. If you listen to J. Joe to Jameson, yes. Yeah, but also podcast. very much like... It's. I've seen him use black suits before. Of course, we have the Venom suit, but we also have various stealth suits Spider-Man has worn. 
Um, we got uh, the night monkey suit from the last movie. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking night monkey. Man, I am I re- so excited. I know what the suit is supposed to be. It's supposed to be Spider-Man Noir, but I refuse to call it by anything else a night monkey from now on. <laughs> um, yes, the, the new Hawkeye suit is very comic book accurate. And then, of course, his daughter is in a very much muted sort of dress down attire. Um, as opposed to like super tactical stuff we got from Hawkeye in the past. His but daughter. then again, Clint oh, was also okay. like, yeah. actually an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. So, mm. But uh, no, it's, it's very nice. All the costumes are really well put together. Um, and again, I think it's more about being able to keep track of the characters on screen because eventually we're going to have another... I feel like we're going to have another sort of conglomeration of all these characters being on screen at once. So it's be great to easily identify who is who in those shots. Young Avengers. <laughs> yeah. Give me the Young Avengers. Um, that being said, I mean, if you if you watched either WandaVision or, you know, Captain America Winter Soldier or both, like, there's... The hype train is, like, full steam ahead at this point for the future of the MCU. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm so excited for everything coming. I mean, this year alone, we have four movies still. Um... Mm-hmm. Starting with the Black Widow and ending with Spiderman. Uh, yeah, I'm so excited for all this. There's so much good shit out. Like like I was saying, we're not going to get to it, but because, you know, I'm trying to keep this a little bit shortish. I say that at an <laughs> hour and 15 minutes. Um, but there's so much good shit out right now, and there's only going to be more. I mean, like I said, next month, this month we've got Bad Batch with Star Wars, but next month we've got a Loki show. A Loki show that they're already trying to talk about. Can we get this running for three seasons? I'm like, yes, do it. I would watch the shit out of that. This is coming from somebody that absolutely loves Legends of Tomorrow because it's just ridiculousness. Well, it's it's very much in that time time cop trope, right? Is he's now a part of this agency that has basically recruited him and said like, hey. Like, the things that you did really fucked up the time stream, and we gotta go back and fix it all, or the universe will just collapse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, we're even gonna get multiverse stuff in that show. Yeah. So, yeah, I know, I think there have been rumors of the fact that we're gonna get different, um, different Lokis. Like, we'll see other versions mm-hmm. of Loki. Yes. Which would, I mean, I think that hits home to his character, because he's still technically not a real ass guardian he's an ice giant yeah so why why chris let me do what i want let me do what i want (laughs) um (laughs) now i just want to go play more pokemon go (laughs) pokemon Pokemon snap Pokemon Snap. thank you i gotta charge my pokemon my my pokemon my pokemon player i want to go play more outriders so i can finish the goddamn game it's funny i actually i i only own like three physical games for the switch but i took mm. out the other switch the other game i had in there and it was pokemon shield so well, it's funny <laughs> that i'm like taking out a pokemon game to play a pokemon game oh boy i swear like with the way switch has been doing digital releases i'm pretty sure people have cards that have like fused to their d <laughs> to their switches by now oh wow yeah. <laughs> man and that's and, the thing uh, i bought a uh i actually bought a bigger uh, little card memory card for it because I had a pretty decent size one for what it was, and then I'm like, okay, I am going to be buying a lot more digital shit on here, so let's do that. <laughs> well, 
here's something insane about the Switch, just to wrap up. If you go, like, somewhere on eBay or something like that, and you look for older Switches, mm -hmm. they have appreciated in value so much because apparently the older Switches are easier to mod. The ones that you can jailbreak. Yeah. And so a friend of mine has been looking for one. He finally found one, and he got it because he's jailbreaking stuff for our Monster Hunter or speedruns. Um, there are certain things in the game that require not really resources, but just time to get a hold of. Um, and some of it's just, a lot of it's up to random chance. A lot of it's just ridiculously, like, RNG-based. And so by jailbreaking it, he's able to more or less craft that stuff on demand now. Yeah. Um, so, just something I thought was neat. I mean, these, these things can go up for, like, 600 bucks for a Switch now. That's right. Go do some illegal shit with some Switches. <laughs> Illegal, air quotes. Illegal, yeah. You know, whatever. It voids your warranty that you wouldn't have had anyway. Uh, no. <laughs> well, thank you for joining us on another episode of Space Time Taco. As always, if you like what we do, follow us on all the social media. Space Time Taco everywhere. Time Lord Burrito everywhere. Almost a little teapot everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Support us if you can. Just subscribe, like, follow, all that wonderful shit. Uh, and yeah. Go inside and play video games. I'm, I'm gonna the thing that, that he said. I'm going to go do that right now. <laughs> Peace. <laughs>